Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms. Hey guys, thank you for joining me again for the Dear Doc Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Huffpower, and I'm coming to you right now from my studio here in Alvin, Texas. Now you may notice a couple of things have changed around. I'm kind of experimenting with some of the things I'm doing and adding some new equipment. Um, thank you for your patience if this all just goes horribly wrong. Uh, today, I'm actually getting to spend some time with one of my favorite people in the world, someone who is near and dear to my heart, and uh, someone who is near and dear to my practice, actually. She's a neighbor of mine, a friend, and an educator, and just one of the best people I know in general. And that is Dr. Maggie Desai. Why are you being nice to me again? I, I don't. You paid me, didn't you? Did your people <laughs> pay my people? And food, maybe. Yeah, well, this is true. So, uh, Mega, uh, talk to me. You teach um, sleep apnea. I've taught um, you. You have taught me. One of the best classes I ever took, actually. Well, thank you. And um, I was the opinionated guy, by the way, who kept asking question after question after question. If you see from her face, it's true. Um, because I like to get every dollar's worth out of any CE that I'm taking. And uh, so I took your class. I actually was introduced to you um, by mutual friend, um, we probably would have met anyway, but, um, that would be Dr. Glenn Vo. And so, um, just the short of it, I know that you have a really compelling story about why it is that you began down this journey. And I know that it's an intensely personal story, but you've told it a few times now. And so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and, and tell it publicly if, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, as with anything that is important to us, right? That touches our heart, that becomes our why. Uh, most of those things are personal. And with me, it was losing my father-in-law. As a newlywed, I remember, like I was watching a movie, I was studying for my national boards. Yes, foreign trained dentists take their national boards before to get accepted into dental school. And I remember this phone call because my husband worked in Baytown, which is about 40 minutes away from us. Mm -hmm. And 5 a.m. in the morning, my mom called. Now, if you live away from home, you know, early morning or late night Absolutely. calls are never Always good news. And the only thing my mom said was, you guys need to come home. And we found out that my father-in-law, who was 56, had died of a heart attack. He was relatively healthy. He wasn't overweight, no other comorbidities that we knew about. Um, and well, we got to go home. We got to go home. So we're on our flight home. And I remember I was as you're always telling me, I was being a girl, like complete hot mess, crying. Um, I had everybody worried. 
But my husband, on the other hand, was sitting next to me and I guess he was being a boy. I don't know. He was just as strong as he could be. And I turned and I looked at him and I said, you got to show some emotion. This is not healthy. And I remember him turning to me and he shrugged his shoulders and he said, all the men in my family have died at 56. And he has a brother and... Oh, there's him. Well, so the two boys, right? Um, their grandfather passed at 56, another mm -hmm. uncle passed at that age, and now his dad. So it's been told that it's genetic in your family. And my husband came with an expiration date. Who knew? We all do, but he actually knew his. And that was just unacceptable to me, not because he was my husband, but the fact that in this day and age, we are okay with somebody telling us that this is what it's going to be. You're supposed to live without teeth all your life. No, you don't accept that fact. And well, I didn't argue with him then, of course. I said, okay, we went back, we went home. And in our culture, it's 13 days of mourning. So while the rest of the family did what they needed to do, I gathered every single piece of medical record, possibly, thank goodness for some people that hoard stuff, right? Um, and I went from doctor to doctor asking questions. And I was about to point out one of the things that you said, and this is so often what we find in patients who have sleep apnea, um, you said, as far as we knew, you didn't have anything else going on. So when we begin digging into these records, of course, I have a saying that I tell my people, um, Whenever I'm, I'm bored at the office, I go looking for things. And I said, when you open closets, shit falls on your head. Absolutely. And when shit falls on my head, I get upset. So it's in your best interest to keep me busy. So you went Amen looking. Amen to that. Yes, and yes. you found what? It was sleep apnea. I honestly, now this was how many years ago? I don't know that he had a CPAP. I know for sure there was no... Um, appliance that he could have used. Mm -hmm. Maybe he had a CPAP and disliked using it, or maybe the alternative, the option was never given to him because growing up, and I remember my dad used to snore. It was the funniest thing, right? It was like, ah, daddy's snoring. I'm sure you did that too well, growing you, up. Dad, and you know, you see kids, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, people say, oh, look, it's so cute. You they're going to outgrow it. blankets are all over the place. And, Trust me, nuts. Oh, they're going to outgrow the grinding, or they're going to outgrow the, uh, the snoring, or oh gosh, isn't it cute when they snore? Or worse, right? When they have other symptoms, behavioral issues, we attribute it to, he's just being a boy. And, and we're, and we're going to jump into that a little bit later, but you're, you're going you're gonna to learn um, whenever you take Megan's courses um, that even things, you, you can't unsee some of this stuff. In fact, you can't unsee any of it. You know, whenever you see someone smile and you see the cute little dimple show up, we're going to talk about why that should just break your heart. So... So continue on. So I, I refuse to accept the fact that there was nothing to do but create memories until he turns 56. By the way, he's 47. So you're telling me I have nine more years. Right. And as with anything, when I'm a woman on a mission, 
it's it's hardly fair because Raul does not look older than me. <laughs> it's all like good Indian food. So I went looking for answers. And the more I looked into it, for what it's worth, he does have sleep apnea. He has mild sleep apnea. And the CPAP is the gold standard. And we offered that as a treatment alternative. And his response to me, despite knowing the family history and everything that comes with it, was, I'm not going to use that. Figure it out. Well, yes, sir. I will get right on it. Well, you know, that's funny because he is usually not the stuff. You're so dead. if you're on video, you just saw what I said. Uh, he's not the stubborn one in my he's experience, not. but in this one instance. I only surround myself with stubborn men. With sweet people, oh, except good. one. That guy in the corner. There is no so, guy in the corner. <laughs> so anyway, um, this got you on the road and it became, as, as it really did, I think for most people who begin studying it, uh, just this, this horrible rabbit hole, because the further you go down the hole, um, the, the more hole there is. And then it got into, I only wanted to do this for him. You know, I didn't know anything about sleep dentistry or that there was, it could even be considered a profit center within the practice or that there were more people that might want to do it. And then I talked to my team and got them trained. And my office manager's dad wanted to be our first patient. Not, not just trained, but they became your journey itself. It is because then you, you start with wanting to do it for your family, right? But then who is your family? You're my family. Her dad is my family. My patients are my family. And God knows I bug you enough about your appliance. And that family just grew and continued to grow to where today I had a patient that drove in from the woodlands Wow! for that. Now tell me there, there are hundreds of qualified doctors in and around Houston that do this, offer this, mm -hmm. but something has to resonate with somebody somewhere or someone knows somebody or they're my family. Right. And and the family of family of family of family. It because does. this is the kind of thing that I'm gonna tell a little bit about my journey. Do you remember my story about Miss Griffin? I do. Go ahead. So I had this patient and uh, she came in with her daughter. And the daughter says, Dr. Huffpower, I heard that dentists can make snoring devices or anti-snoring devices. Can you please, please, please do something about my mother? We're living together now, and I think I'm going to kill her as much as I love her. And uh, so Miss Shirley, her mother, um, looks at me and she says that her snoring doesn't bother her at all. And um, so after after some discussion, I ended up making her a sleep appliance. Now this was back in 2012. It was right after I got out of dental school, and at that point, sleep apnea wasn't a really well-known thing in the in the field of dentistry. Um, certainly not as much so as, as you've made it become. So I make this device for her and she goes home and she comes back for my two-week post-op, which I always do for these patients or for patients for any 
kind of surgery or anything that I, I want to make sure I can track what happened. And I said, so Miss Shirley, how are you doing today? And she says, Dr. Huffpower, I'm doing fantastic. And this is a little old lady who would just kind of sigh and sit in the chair and be quiet. She's, she's all agitated, but in a good way. She's excited. She's energetic. And um, I said, well, Miss Shirley, um, I can tell from your excitement that you're, you're not snoring anymore. And she said, oh, no, Dr. Huffpower, I'm still snoring. <laughs> and I said, well, well, why are you so excited? He said, well, this morning I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and I cleaned my living room and then I cleaned my bedroom. I did the dishes. I did the laundry. And then I think whenever I go home, I'm going to do the lawn work. And I said, okay. I said, well, that's all really exciting, but why? Why is this important? She said, well, I woke up this morning and every night since I've gotten this device, I've been waking up with so much energy in the morning that, that I just, I get all my work done during the day. I just feel great. And I said, well, surely I read something about sleep apnea and I think maybe you've got it. She said, well, Dr. Huffpower, I do. I just can't stand my CPAP. This thing fixes me right up. And so it was at that point I started um, really researching. If you remember, it was the end of um, 2012, early 2013, when the uh, Medical Association uh, sued the Dental Association Correct. in Texas here. And one of the things that they said was that the prescription of a snoring appliance without actually having a, um, a test done to see if the patient has sleep apnea is tacit diagnosis of a non-sleep apnea condition, which means that you were practicing medicine without a license. And that really horrified me. And so I started taking courses in it just to make sure, you know, that I wasn't not not just that I wasn't harming my patients, which was really important to me, but that I wasn't putting myself in legal jeopardy because I didn't know about sleep apnea, right. which I think is how everyone should feel at this point. And so that kind of started my journey. And, you know, by the by, I ended up meeting Magna and um, really, really taught me a lot more about implementation than I think anyone else had at that point. I still suck at it just in case anyone wants to know. No, you don't. So, <laughs> so anyway. You better not. How about that? <laughs> so, so now that kind of brings us to where you are right now. You've done a lot of different courses. Um, and I want to talk specifically about this one. I want to talk about some of the signs and symptoms um, that people can notice now uh, before having taken a class and knowing how to treat it. At least they can be aware Um You have recently, though, been doing something that I'm just super proud of you about, and um, I, I, really, I really can't wait until the rest of the world knows about it. I had two big projects of yours, um, one I'm not allowed to talk about, even though you should finish it, but we'll leave it at that. And the other one is actually an oral appliance that not just makes a difference and not just addresses symptoms, but can actually, in fact, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this because she can't say it and no one can say it until the medical claims are proven in this area, but may actually be a cure for some conditions that cause sleep apnea. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. Um, my big why again behind this was, and I'm going to backtrack just a tiny bit, um, getting into adult sleep apnea 
And as I started to do more cases, this was still just me treating my family, right? All my patients, my loved ones, people that needed help. Um, and then I'd have friends that would say, hey, can I come hang out with you? Like, you know, watch how you do it. Because of course, I want to add this to my practice. My, I have a husband that snores or whatever. Right. Yes, of course. And at some point, we'd have like an entire team in our office. And at that point, we were in our old office, which you haven't seen, which was no. three operatories. So it would be- that sounds familiar. Well, it was smaller than your space oh, too, wow. though. Yeah. And- it got to a point where finally somebody said, would you just put together like a formal training for all of us so we can bring our teams and do it? And I'm still going, yeah, right. Who wants to learn from me? I mean, what have I done? I've just, I just do it in my practice. But little did I know that implementation, which is actually, and I'm proud to say this, one of my stronger suits, give me something, I'll make a system around it and make sure you and the rest of the world can do it. Um, so we started to develop that and we started to teach other doctors and their teams. And one day I remember we were going over the slides and Christina, who's been with me since day one, who's my office manager, has been for 10 years. Um, we're looking at it and she goes, Doc, this is Avery. We were going over signs and symptoms. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her and I said, you know what, you're right. This is Avery and Avery was her then five, six, seven year old. Uh, she's eight now, so yeah, five year old then. And she literally, Christina was pregnant with her when she started working for me. So mm -hmm. she is my baby. I've seen her from, I was one of the first ones to go visit her in the hospital and completely different child from her other kids, super sweet, the most loving kid, but always had these dark circles under her eyes, was always tired. We were always telling her, getting on to her, be nice, play nice with your sister, falling asleep in school. Her grades weren't where they needed to be, or she wasn't quite academic academically where she, by the way, Chris makes fun of my accent. So if you guys hear me say different words in different ways or see me or hear me in Indian. Um, I would never, ever make fun of Do y'all see his nose growing? That's why. Um, but we got to, I, I actually stopped at that point and I looked at her and I said, yes. And we created a checklist and I was like, this is Avery. It's just a miniature version with different symptoms. And if if I used sound effects on this podcast, you would hear a slide whistle right now. Because this is when you went further down the rabbit hole. I did. And it broke my heart that nobody was talking about this. So I said, okay, we're gonna get her a sleep study first because the units we had in the practice were not approved for kids. Which ones are you using? Are you using the watch pad or are you using mm -hmm. the Aries? Or what are you using? Right now we have five, six, seven different units. Right. So we have the watch pad, we have the Z machine, we have, there's, I'll, yeah. There's a lot. Get, yeah. Yeah, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but none of those units really are indicated in children at this point. Correct. For children, the standard of care is a hospital-based sleep study. Yes. And so 
that was another battle getting to have her get sent for a sleep study because you're just a dentist why the hell would a doctor listen to you right because you're not a real doctor honestly of course you heard me rant about all this but (laughs) i'm poking the bear guys uh yeah but he gets to listen to all this because i'll text and go like can you believe what they said but literally i had a local pediatrician tell me why don't you just stick with cleaning teeth are you for real So that was a battle. Thankfully, mom was motivated enough and knew enough to do something about this. You're so much nicer than I am. I I keep you around for a reason. So we got this leaf study and she's positive, right? And of course, I've looked at her tonsils. They need to come out. That was a whole different story. Tonsils were taken out. And then this is what got me. They told her, she's fixed. This is it. She's fixed. Well, obviously they did a PSG to follow up, right? Oh, that's, wait, no. That's no, when did. I said, show me the numbers. Show me the numbers. Is your practice profitable? Yes. Well, show me the numbers. Mm-hmm. Exactly like that. And her AHI was a 8.4 before she went in to have her tonsils out. After she had them out, it was a six point something. Which for those of you who do adult sleep at me, because I know there are quite a few out there who are in our audience you know, an 8.4, and you might be thinking, well, I mean, that's for an adult. Yeah, that's, they've got sleep apnea, but it's almost borderline. But for a kid, things are much, much different. Yes, but just to drive home the point, yes, the 8 is, like you said, borderline. It is still mild. Yes. And for dogs, patients, whoever present this argument to me it's borderline do i really need it my answer to that is either you're pregnant or you're not you have it or you don't and it needs to be addressed i was sitting here thinking about (laughs) if i am or not i just i don't know i hope this new diet works you're um, such a mess Um, so we went back. Yeah. And she still had it. So one more battle, right? We're just constantly still fighting. So for docs that say, how do I connect with sleep MDs? How do I connect with ENTs? I understand the struggle is real. Been there, done that, still doing it. How do I get paid? How do I help people who, um, it can be done. You just need systems. You just need systems in place. And so she was given a CPAP and she absolutely adored her CPAP because she felt amazing when she woke up in the morning. But you and I know that we don't want her in in that CPAP all her life. For one, it's never going away Mm -hmm. if she's dependent on that CPAP. What are the chances we're going to develop central apneas over time? Mm -hmm. And, oh, you remember that? That was the day I got cupcakes because I cried so hard. Yes. Who the hell would get you cupcakes? I don't know. I have a friend. Um... And it just, they were good. They weren't actually cupcakes. They, yeah, it was love in the form of a cupcake. It was a hug. They were little miniature bunt cakes. It's still a cupcake. Um, (laughs) So I had to come up with what can I do? Yes, I understand. She needed whatever she needed. She needed to be expanded. But what am I going to do while we're expanding her? Because that CPAP is preventing the growth of her premaxilla. How Mm -hmm. that that mask has to be tied on. I just read the 2019, because I do stupid shit like this, as you know, um, I just read the 2019 AAO statement on sleep apnea. 
American Academy of Orthodontists. And um, so they said, basically, even though orthodontic treatment um, can cause these things to occur, and even though we know when the opposite happens, that it helps sleep apnea, we don't believe in no, no follow-up studies have shown that there's a higher incidence in sleep apnea of people that we either extract the, extract the premolars or what have you. But then they, then they did, interestingly enough, even though when you extract those premolars, you're closing down that arch space, they did mention how a CPAP could force the premaxilla backwards and reduce the intraoral space, resulting in nasopharyngeal restriction or constriction, I should say. And um, that any MD who wants to treat sleep apnea should consider adding an orthodontist to their team. I thought that was a rather artful little um, circle around the truth. That's how we respond. Uh, so anyway, I, don't, I didn't know so, if you read that yet. It's about 57 pages long. <laughs> there are things I comment on and things I don't. Um, so yeah, I needed to give her something that was going to help her breathe while we were growing her to where she needed to be. And that was my why. And thankfully, I was able to use her because I can see that child every day if I want to mm -hmm. and make changes and say, this is going to work this way. What if I added this? What I took this away? And it's, you know, this, it's been years in the making to getting the patent out on it, to working with labs and <laughs> that's a that's a podcast for another day but yeah it's it's anytime that you go out of the mainstream of drill and fill uh it's a challenge i mean as you know i have my should i call them tentacles I call them fingers <laughs> my fingers and a lot of different creepy. things tentacles it's creepy tentacles but anyway um it, it, it is difficult. It really is, particularly whenever you're dealing with egos and um, the best of labs have the biggest of egos. I should definitely say You know that. what? I'm going to give them, I'm going to be graceful here, right? Mm -hmm. And say, there, this is unknown. Um, nobody wants to attach themselves to something or someone that hasn't been proven. Absolutely. Um, although I will say we got Avery off of her CPAP, um, which I'm rather proud of. And so what was her reduction in AHI? She's down to a zero. That's fantastic. And so I think I've shared that sleep, the screenshot of that study with you. you so, yeah, but we're on a podcast. I, want I know, to hear I know, I know. So, um, <laughs> This is what happens when you interview your friends. They don't follow the rules. So anyway, uh, for those of you who don't do sleep apnea, um, a reduction to one half of the normal value. 50% is considered success. Or below a five. In adults. In, in children, adults. one is considered, they're considered positive. So we want to, and what that means is basically that's how many times they're stopping breathing every hour of the night. One time 
every hour for 10 seconds or longer is, he needs a refresher course, is enough for me because what is the damage that's happening and how long? It's at least 10 seconds. We've seen how many studies that they've stopped breathing longer. Absolutely. I, I had one guy who had a, um, a succession of breathing for like a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's scary. His um, SP, I told you about him. Remember he brought his dad in and I forced him to get in the chair and I said, you have sleep apnea. I can't tell you that, but we need a test. Yeah. Well, that guy, minute and a half, his SPOT got down to like 80%. And I mean, that's, that's bad. You're not in the group anymore, are you? I posted no. one where they're... Their lowest oxygen was 56. It's horrifying. Everything out of me. I was like, you need to. Brain death begins to occur under 80. You, I I said, you know, I'm not even going to entertain. I'm telling you, you have to use a CPAP. You need to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Maxillary advancement device and we're going to drill some holes in your head. It just stuff like that. I was like, how are you functioning? So, with all this being said, uh, I'm sure that people out there have. At this point, if they're following along with this or asking, well, Doc, why do you have this person on the podcast? This podcast is about business. So um, let's talk about the financials whenever we're adding this type of a treatment modality to our practices. Um, I, uh, I'm going to let you talk entirely about that because I have some things I can't say because my NDA is with the... Okay, well, it's, this isn't about you anyways. It's always about me. It never is. He just thinks it is. <laughs> so, so talk to us a little bit about what, what can a dentist expect? I mean, they're going to get rich, right? If you want to, absolutely. There is nothing wrong with getting rich. Usually she kicks me when I say something But like it's going to happen nice off screen. He's going to show up tomorrow's live like a black guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're adding a profit center. If that's all that you're looking at, Yeah, you're adding not one, not two, multiple profit centers to the practice. Uh, You're billing medical if you're treating adult sleep apnea. If you start to treat kids, that's another profit center. Adding myofunctional therapy, adding phrenectomies. More importantly, and I think more of us get into healthcare to make a difference. The money is good. You do the right thing, the money comes. But... I don't think there's anything more rewarding than that. You're changing lives, you're saving lives. You're, if we think we get the satisfaction and joy when we change somebody's smile, which I do all day, every day, I am not a sleep dentist. I love my buckle pits just as much as he loves his implants. And your class too, right? But, oh, hell no, that's you. Uh, am I allowed to cut? Yeah, this is yours as PG. No Thir- dentist likes yeah. class T's except those crazy people. Whose first initial is a C and the last one is an H. Um, but if that is the joy that it gives you when, you when you've done those 6, 10, 12, 15, 20, whatever number of veneers or implant cases that you do, but when you have a wife that walks into your operatory to give you a hug because she can now sleep because she's not worried that her husband is going to stop breathing or the 14 year old teenage boy who runs down the hallway to give you a hug because he hadn't had, he has not had an accident in three months. Yeah, absolutely. I will I remember take when that. You told me about that one. So 
let's move things back along toward the hard financials. Mm -hmm. What are you looking at whenever you're doing sleep appliance? Mm -hmm. um, what are you looking at in overhead? What's your lab fee like? Um, how many visits is it? Um, by number of, by way of visits, you could actually technically start this in your hygiene appointment. You don't even need to market for anything. So there's that. If people think they have to market for this, we have this whole pool of patients. Mm -hmm. You can yeah, technically, sitting in your chair. correct. You could start at your hygiene appointment. Um, you're doing impressions and or scans and sending stuff out to the lab. As to what your lab bill is, it depends on what lab you're using. Right. Give us a range. In fact, we have to do ranges for everything just so that we stay safe. I still don't know exact prices, so you're safe there with me. Okay, so your range uh, of your price is going to be between $150 and $900, depending upon which lab you go with and which appliance you go with. Correct. Uh, particularly whenever you start getting into your dual function appliances that they can wear with their CPAP, depending on how it's going to connect there, it may go up to $1,200. It, so, there's story. a lot of it depends. Yes, there is a range and... Is that about what you're paying to for the combinations? I would oh, not have to get back to you. Cool, because if you're not, you're paying less, I want to know. <laughs> so there. funny. So, but you know, I always share with you. Um, so there's that. As to what can you make, what do you make for the appliances? I think that's more your question. I have seen anything from 2000 to 10,000. And, and that's with medical reimbursement, yes. Right, dental will not pay for this. So right. don't waste your time, energy, team members, anything on that. So it truly depends on so many factors. Absolutely. Where are you at? What labs are you using? What do you feel comfortable charging? Is the, there's so much that goes into it. Now, one of the, one of the other things, and it's a point I was, I was hoping you were gonna make here, is like a denture. Okay, so a denture, you know, if you're doing it technically the exact prosthodontic way, you're looking at six to eight visits, depending upon how picky your patient is about aesthetics and yada, yada, yada. But those are all free visits, as, as I like to call them, because they're all baked into the cost of doing this denture. You charge a unit price, you, this, here you go. But this is much more like going to the hospital. Correct. Well, because with this, you are working with medical insurance. So your baked in visits, as you said, is your impressions, your deliver, and your 30-day follow-up, your one-month follow-up. I do a two-week, as I know you do as well. Um, up to that one Set month. enough for stuff to start happening that you can stop, that you won't be able to stop in a month. Um, up to that one month appointment is included. All of these subsequent appointments, and for the first year, we know there are a few more mm -hmm. until it becomes an annual visit. All of that gets billed. All of that gets paid by medical if that is what you choose to use. But that is still production on your books for the time that you are spending with that patient. It's not a free visit, as you called it. Right. Now, if you aren't billing medical, uh, it's very, very important that you make sure you've got some form of financing in your practice for these cases, because you don't want your inability to help them find financing to be the reason that a person dies of a heart attack. There is no reason to not bill medical, though. And 
Like, laziness is a reason. Like anything you else, said no reasons. It's not a good reason. there is no reason why we should not be billing medical. Laziness. Stop it. Um, we're going to kick him out. Um, What's going on the cameras? Hmm? <laughs> anyway, so yes. All you need is medical, systems right? in place. So how where are they going to learn how to do that, though? I mean, where are they going to learn how to bill medical? You're going to teach them how to diagnose this i no I no 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 i was gonna say to that screen, screen and treat and how to talk to their physician how to talk to their physicians how to build medical how to get paid what follow-ups to do have you looked also at all the different devices hsts and which hst machines are the least expensive to operate with the highest standards. Correct. So you're going to save them some trouble as what well. What your disposables are, yes. Now, there are some states that will not let you use HSTs. So I love my watch pad, but it's expensive to run. It is very expensive it to run. It's much better. Much, much, much better. Right. So there are a ton of great um, machines out there that you could use. But yeah, so yes, you do learn how to go to yes. medical. A friend of mine is a apostolographer. You remember JT? Mm -hmm. And um, he asked me the other day, he said, Doc, why aren't you using such and such? I said, because it's freaking $15,000. That's why I'm not using it. And I think the expendable cost was like 250 or something. It was outrageous. I mean, yeah. outrageous. There's, there is no way, I looked at it, there was no way you could possibly be reimbursed enough for the sleep study to not lose money every time you screen somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, such as the... Uh, such as a lot in life. Yes. So, and I know I've shared it with your team. We've trained your team as well. All you need is good systems. Absolutely. Literally. And people who are willing to follow them. Um, and that just takes some leadership. So you can teach them leadership as well. For sure. Okay, there you go. So all joking aside, um, I think this is a great course. Um, I think that what you have chosen to do uh, with your beautiful brain is a wonderful thing for people. And so um, thank you. You're, you're quite welcome. And thank you for sharing your knowledge with me. I'm going to ask you, as I always ask, if you will share some just pearls of wisdom out there. Let's say there's somebody who, for some reason, can't afford to go to your course just silly because your course is not that much you can't afford to go to your course they are brand new out of dental school they've got dental loans they've got practice loans and they have been reading up on sleep apnea and they're just like i want to start this but i'm afraid of medical billing and blah 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 you know the top 10 and i'm going to ask you to give the top 10 reasons people don't do this because i know you survey your survey your clients so tell us what those 10 reasons or and maybe how to fix them or just give us your top 10 pearls on dealing with insurance. Um, That's a whole course in itself, but I will start with this. If anybody ever thinks, and this is especially true for the new grads, because some of the posts I'm going, how do I say this nicely without actually hurting feelings? But now is the time to get trained. I cannot tell you, and I know you are the same, you look back at cases everything. Everything and it changes how you look at your patients. It changes your treatment plans. It, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and I'm going to say this. 
it will make your dentistry last longer. It absolutely will. Absolutely. For a multitude of reasons, actually. Absolutely. Um, when you have a child in your practice, there is just zero, zero reason to not treat them. Do I want an adult that I have to fix with an appliance or do I want a child that I can actually guide growth, grow that airway to give them that better start in life? And there's just, there's zero reasoning. Nothing is worth more than getting that addressed. And if you think about what it's gonna cost what you're spending on the course, you are probably making back with one patient, if not two. And in my brain, it's just like, there is just no reason to not incorporate this within your practice. Your dentistry lasts longer. You're scared of medical billing, like for real. I was scared of extractions when I got into dental school and I was scared of blood and I was scared of, I'm still scared of bugs. You find yourself a bug catcher and Wait, I know it's a bug catcher. Do yes, you are. And, and by the way, for those of you who are watching the video rather than listening to the podcast, my apologies. One of my lights batteries just went out, and that's why she looks like shit. She's possessed or something. Stop it. Um, waiting for her head to start spinning around. Halloween's <laughs> gone. Oh my so, god. So tips, give us your top five or ten freebies here. They're going to build medical. Obviously, Absolutely. they really need to know how to build medical. Absolutely build medical. There, yes. They're not going to say that they're a what? They're not going to say what? They're not going to say that they are a what? I don't know. Don't tell them you're a dentist. Don't talk about teeth and stuff. Oh, oh. Um, that's, that's the kind of tips I meant. Just the little, the little things that you teach us in class that Anybody who's been successful at it has figured out their trial and error <laughs> so, so that they don't have to. So top, top 10. Okay. I, one, I don't, don't tell me you're I don't listen to him. I will tell you guys this though. Get your team trained. Do you agree? I agree. Absolutely. Sleepers team is it's a team run um, part of your practice. And now, now the doctor should go too. Well, of course. Well, you know, there's a lot of people out there who's, who are going to send their teams. And I've seen this a lot. And this is, this is something you and I discussed that upsets me. Whenever a doctor goes themselves and then comes in Monday morning and they're on fire by Wednesday, it's all over, right? That we all know that. Or a doctor who sends only his team and doesn't ever learn himself or herself. There's so I can tell you with me that that will not happen. Right. You will not be able to do that. Um, so that automatically discounts that, but yes, as you said, doctors that go in and I know with you, you came alone or with your hygienist mm -hmm. and then the following two, three, four courses that would be like team members getting trained because yep. I need somebody to answer the phones. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. We all do. But, um, okay. So to go back to, I don't want to leave you where top 10 tips for what top 10 tips for success in sleep and billing medical insurance. That's what you can three to one, four to the other, you know, where you're going. <laughs> um like I said, team is one. Still only seven though. Huh? What? Three of one and four of the other. It's only seven. You need three more. Oh my God, you have ADD. <laughs> Cannot focus. 
No, I did it on purpose because- I know you're trying to throw me off. (laughs) I'm trying to wrap my head around, what is the question now? And then it's like three of one, four of the other. Get your team trained. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But. There's going to be some like stuff being thrown. Yes. So, there is um, going to be stuff that's going to get thrown. Bruising and hematomas. Did you hear that? <laughs> so I was, I'm so afraid I'm repeating myself. Uh, so anyway, um, top 10. Number one is get your team trained. I think you had one. Don't tell them you're a dentist. Don't tell them you're a dentist. If you're billing medical insurance, guys, do not tell them you're a dentist. They'll talk about teeth. Learn how to use correct medical terminology. Number three. <laughs> I can't even. Well, um, you've taken the course. Let's see how much attention you were paying. Oh, man. Okay, talk to every patient. Hygiene should be screening each and every patient. Okay, Uh, this is something everybody can start tomorrow because I know most of y'all are going to watch this tonight. Um, Ask your patients, how are you sleeping? Start having those conversations because whether or not it's the patient that has a problem, I'm sure they have a child, a niece, a nephew, a husband, a friend, a neighbor, a grandpa, somebody that snores, friend that snores. And they don't know that they have options. So talk, talk, and talk, and talk about it. You're not including the friends, the aunts, and the uncles of each individual tips, are you? <laughs> no. Such a mess. That was tip number five. That was tip number five. Okay. Um, put up posters. <laughs> I know this sounds stupid, but in your bathroom. And how long after I got my posters did it take for me to put them up? We are not, this is not about you. Did, this did, is about the I doctors you're up, going to have. I put mine up before Glenn Vaux. That's all I want to know. He put his up first. Oh, no. I'm taking that part out of the podcast. <laughs> so put up posters so that people see them. So that people know that this is a service that you offer within the practice. Educate your patients. Nothing works better than the six, seven, eight, nine, ten hundred patients that we have within our practices. Right? What else? Got two more. That was eight. Oh my God. I'm sure we snuck in a few. There was some pearls back in the the back section and it's before this. (laughs) You've learned everything in the course now, people. Okay, so the things that we should be looking for. Um, Rapid fire, real quick. Um, Snoring. Sleep apnea. Well, I mean, next segment. Oh, we said rapid fire. Oh my God. I'm taking snoring again. Okay. Okay. All right. So in adults and children, snoring. Are we doing, let's do separate adults and children. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, Can I just kind of start children? Okay. Okay. Um, How many do you want to do each? Five. Five each. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. Okay. For children, if you have a child who, first of all, is a bedwetter. Second of all, has nighttime bruxism. Third, third of all, if they snore. Fourth, if they have trouble in school. Fifth, if they have what we call poor sleep hygiene. They wake up with their pillow in the neighbor's yard. Those are five very good signs that that child 
has sleep apnea. You're fine. Dude, you took away all the signs. Sleepwalking, sleep talking. You told me five. Man. Nightmares or parasomnias. Those are big ones. Did you say bedwetting? Yeah. Okay. Um, we said night terrors or nightmares, I sleepwalking. Easy Shh, stop. Let me focus. Um, snoring, clenching, and grinding. I'm just going to go over all of it because who listens to him? ADD, ADHD. Yes. Trouble focusing Medicated, at school. Yes. Medicated children. Make Make sure you put that on your question. I'm sorry for interrupting, but change your intake form. Ask if they're medicated for any kind of hyperactivity or attention deficit disorder. Huge sign. Um, list of medications. And this applies to adults as well as kids. We are seeing an increase in the number of kids, especially post-COVID, that are on antidepressants. Those impact REM sleep. So we want to make sure we're talking. And respiratory drive and <laughs> this is what's yeah, horrible. There's, yeah, yeah. What, what's the, who came up with that phrase over-medicated and under-diagnosed? That's just the most beautiful Habits, thing ever heard. thumb sucking, um, tongue thrust. If you have children uh, uh, that, uh, where's that laser? I thought I saw it outside. I'm gonna start releasing. Um, I didn't give that one yet. If you have a child that has seen um, a SLP, they have speech therapy, either in school, evaluating what is going on with their tongue, evaluating where the palate is, that's a whole different, um, but those are questions to ask. Uh, mouth breathing is a big one. If we're noticing kids in the practice, and I know you have TVs, we have TVs, or even if they're on their phone, they're sitting there with open mouth posture, we have to connect the dots. Adults are easy, right? They present in a box, what I call sleep in a box. Kids, five kids, seven symptoms. They could all be positive. What? Oh, that awful song. Okay, so we rewrote this song for my dental school to be skull in a box, but that is not what the song is. <laughs> Open the box. Anyway. No, seriously, you should listen to the song. I yeah. will on another day, another episode of another the Dare Doc podcast. Do you know the song I'm talking about? Nope. Oh, this is even funnier then. Wait until you hear it whenever we're done here. <laughs> You're going to kick me so hard. Um, so you were saying sleep in a box, adults, presentation. So that was kids. And then for adults, we're looking for snoring, choking or gasping, um, waking up in the middle of the night to go use the restroom. And yes, my men are going to say it's our prostate. We're getting old. I'm 46 now. I'm 47 now. I got to go pee multiple times at night. No. Let's look further. Folks that are on multiple medications for hypertension. Absolutely. Um, what else? There's did I cover choking, gasping, clenching, and grinding? That mm -hmm. is a big one. What else did I miss? The Spousal arousal syndrome. Yes. Self non-arousal syndrome. Yes, sleep apnea will cause impotence. Absolutely. <laughs> that told, that, did, did I tell you <laughs> Shannon told me she used it? So, uh, so every one of my podcasts is labeled as explicit because hashtag me. 
Um, hashtag no filter. No filter. Uh, it's, yeah, I've got a filter. Hashtag There's lots of things me. I don't say. Hashtag me. So I had a guy in my chair one day and I had been bothering him about sleep apnea because he's destroying his teeth and he needs a full mouth restoration. And um, I, I'm telling him, look, you, you need to get the sleep apnea treated. If you want anything that we do to last, you need to get the sleep apnea treated. Um, and um, he was just very resistant to it. And one day, I looked at him and I said, hey, I've talked about this a few times and this is the last time I'm going to bother you about it, but I think you have sleep apnea. I think you should get a sleep test. And he says, doc, I feel fine. And I said, I don't know if I ever mentioned it or not, but it'll make your dick stop working. And I walked off and he goes, whoa, 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 wait. And I said, what? What's the matter? It'll make what? I said, it causes impotence. Doc, you should have led with that. <laughs> I will never forget that. So, you know, and, and he did, he did end up getting a sleep study. He did have sleep apnea. It was pretty severe too. I know we had a 24 year old that walked into the practice. And for that reason, he came to your practice for impotence. Correct. Because he tried everything goes. else. And I said, well, you really need a CPAP because I'm not going to talk somebody out of it guy. It's like, doc, I can't make things work. And now we're going to put a CPAP on me. Can I just get one of them appliances? So it at least looks like I'm wearing a mouth guard. It's like, yes, you most certainly can. Mm -mm. I don't wear it, this because my PP doesn't work. I wear it to keep my smile beautiful. It's an advanced I can't even with you. Yeah. So guys, you have, um, oh, actually I've got seven minutes left. I want you to talk to them about the over the shoulder. Um, we're not talking about that line from beaches either. Whatever. Over the shoulder class. How about I give them a little bit of information on the six weeks and seven days. That sounds great. Talk to us about it. Okay. So this is going to be a live one-on-one -on -one boot camp intensive on adult sleep apnea, active implementation within the practice. Every week after every meeting, live Zoom meeting that we have, you'll leave with actionable steps. What you need to be doing within your practice in that week so that by the time we're done with those six weeks, you should have started at least one case, because within that, at least the seven days after, but usually what I find is, and I do very few of these, within those six weeks with the actionable steps, if you and your team do what we ask of you, there's absolutely zero reason you shouldn't start a case or get paid. Okay. And how much does this cost? $4,500. Okay per doctor. All right, fantastic. Our team's welcome to watch as well. Correct. So teams are welcome to log in with the doctors because the goal is to get that implementation after me just going on a rant about how teams need to be trained. Uh, very much so. And there is active support during those weeks. There is the option for support after we are done there is as much or as little handholding that doctors may want. Okay, fantastic. Um, so guys, Magna, thank you for joining us. And thank, thank you for, for joining me, me in studio. Um, it's been a while since I've had a guest here because- <coughs> Oh, where's my mask? So guys, if you have 
lasted through the entire podcast. Thank you so much for your patience. I always have a great time whenever I get to visit with my friends. And you have now wasted nearly an hour of your life listening to the sound of my voice. I, so I, I disagree. They were listening to me. There's some value in that. Well, that is, that is true. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Thank you for supporting the podcast and have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.